WGNS Murfreesboro, W270AF Murfreesboro, W263AI Murfreesboro, Smyrna. The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Bart Walker. Hey, good morning to you. Welcome in. And on our first segment of our broadcast this morning, we're going to... uh, do a little talking about bees. That's a very popular topic and one that we thought we would uh, bring an expert in. A person who has been very active with the Rutherford County Beekeepers Association, Zane Cantrell is with us this morning. Zane, good morning to you. Good morning to you, Bart. It's a pleasure to be here with you to talk about honeybees, this, especially this time of the year when it's really turning cold. What do they do this time of the year? Well, uh, you know, that's a good question. I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, in the wintertime, the bees don't do a lot of work. Uh, they, they're not out of their... They're sort of like people. Yeah. <laughs> they, they stay pretty close to the hive, and they get into what is we call as a cluster. And that's in a big ball together, and that's how they stay warm. They keep inside that hive at least uh, 85 or around the cluster, 85 to 90 degrees. And uh, they uh, normally, honeybees live anywhere from 30 to 45 days. And, but in the wintertime, they have a longer lifespan because they're not out uh, looking for uh, uh, nectar and uh, things like that, looking to, to uh, uh, bring back food to the hive. So if you have bees, they're only going to live 30 to 45 days? But That's you have right. A turnover. Well, yes, when that is in the summertime. So, uh, but, you, you know, the, the key to this is to have a good, strong queen. And the queen lays anywhere from 1,000 to 1,500 eggs a day. And uh, they She's hatch out, Yeah, they <laughs> hatch out in 21 days. So uh, it's continue replacing those bees in the hive. But now, when do you when do you get uh, the honey? Is it throughout yeah. the summer or what is it? Yeah, you, you the there are a couple of times during the year that you have uh, high enough uh, honey that's coming in that you can uh, uh, go out and uh, take honey from your hives. So, and usually that's going to be June or July. And there might be a little bit of a time in the fall of the year, just before winter, that you could get some. But you have to be very careful and not get too much and leave enough honey for your bees to survive during the, the wintertime because there's no nectar out there in the wintertime. What is it that is creating this big interest in bees? I've noticed it for the past several years. The interest in raising bees has just escalated dramatically. Yeah. Going back a few years ago, we were losing bees right and left, and it was very difficult. And uh, we started uh, a program of, of trying to get people involved and interested in uh, keeping honeybees. And we've been very successful of that. And, uh, and, and when you think about it, the pollination uh, of uh, crops, foods out there, if we didn't have honeybees, now I know there are other uh, pollinators, but if we didn't have honeybees, about a third of the food in our country would be lost. Ooh. So that's what is very important to keep our honeybees active. Now there are other pollinators, I'll, I'll grant you that, but nothing pollinates like a honeybee does. And I'll explain that just a second for you quickly. If when honeybees go out and they find nectar uh, uh, out there, they'll they'll stay with that, whatever it is, until the nectar starts dying. Then they'll move on to something else. And that's why they're so important to crops. And that's why farmers like to have them around. Now we hear so much about people taking honey, eating local honey. 
because it uh, gives them some of a little intake of the pollen and what have you in the area and can reduce some of your hay fever problems and sneezing and all that. Is there any truth to that? And uh, there's, what is it, uh, the honey or your choice of something else, a factor of the honey that you can take, which is even more potent? What What is that? Well, you get varying opinions of that. Some doctors swear by it. Others say it has no effect on it. The, uh, I think the, the, the norm here is if you can find honey within 10 to 15 miles of where you live and you have allergies that are on uh, grass or uh, trees or something like that uh, that's in your area, then it could be very helpful to you to help you uh, get stronger from those allergies. And I have a lot of customers that come to me and they swear by it. They said that their allergies are much, much better by taking a one teaspoon of honey a day. You have to take it just like you would a vitamin, a teaspoon of honey a day. But the, the, the important thing to me is it has, actual, uh, it has a degree of vitamins in it that could protect you that you find in no other food. So uh, that, that's important to me as a producer of honey. Now, is this one of the reasons why more and more people are wanting to produce their own honeys, our honey? <laughs> well, it could be. And, uh, you know, people just like to have it in their yard, If you know, a couple of hives. And that just keeps everything really bright and growing and, uh, and the uh, flowers in their gardens and uh, the crops that they or the little gardens they plant in their backyard it just keeps them pollinated so it's it's a win-win proposition for anyone who's interested i'd never heard that before so having some uh, honeybees at your house that's going to make your flowers more attractive more colorful that's right uh, and you're not depending on butterflies and other things to come in there and pollinate you know that your those bees are going to hit it sometime during the day and that just makes the the flowers and whatever you have in your backyard look a lot better and especially if you have a lot of clover in your backyard now some people don't like that white clover but i love it it's all over my backyard and the bees work that all summer now with people wanting to start something new for the new year uh obviously it takes a little while to learn how to be a honey keeper, <laughs> do, do it properly. Uh, tell us about the Rutherford County Beekeepers Club and, and tell us how often they meet. Yeah, we meet uh, once a month, the uh, first Monday of the month, every year, every month, except when there is a, a conflict, like coming up in January, of course, everybody is closed because of, of the first of the year. That Monday, the, everything is closed. So this January, we're at the we we normally meet at the Lane Ag Center, and the Lane Ag Center will be closed that first Monday of, of January. So our next month, February, the first Monday of February at seven o'clock at the Lane Ag Center, and every Monday after that we meet. And if you're really interested in getting into beekeeping, you need to show up. We've got a lot of uh, really great beekeepers that are there. Keith Elrod and uh, Robin Elrod are the presidents of, of our uh, club, and they keep uh, all the information. And they, uh, they, Keith is, is really a good uh, trainer for beekeeping. So he has a program every month that would be, if you're interested in, that would be my suggestion on how you would get started. Now, let's say somebody has decided, I want to have a, a beehive, yeah. uh, ha have it at the house. What What is the first thing they need to do? Is it pretty soon uh, tied to this February meeting? or? Yeah, I, I think the first thing you need to do, if you've never been involved in beekeeping before, is to show up to the uh, Rutherford Beekeepers Association. We will help anybody get started. We'll, we'll give you the information that you need. 
and uh, there are certain times of the year that you order your bees, you've got to get your hives together. We'll help you with that. And, and it's, not, it's not easy. And the, probably the best thing for do, you know, not start out with just one hive, but start with two. And that way, if like if one hive gets into difficulty, you can pull honey or comb from one hive and put it in the other and help build it up. So I, I just uh, a thought, I like to, when I start with someone new, let's start out with two hives in your backyard. And another thing, you don't have to worry about bees causing a problem. They just don't do that. We, we don't find that. Even in the large cities, uh, where the population is uh, so close together, it, it really has not caused a problem whatsoever. So here in uh, Rutherford County, ideal place to start out with beekeeping. So when will you get the honey? I mean, is it all through the year? Or? No, you can't. You can't pull it all through the year. And, and that's an important thing that you have to remember. Uh, Usually the, the highest flow of your honey is going to be in uh, April and May. And if your bees don't make enough to have for you, they make enough for themselves, but also for, for the owner. And if they don't make it in that time, uh, there's not enough nectar out there during the summertime uh, for them to make additional honey that you can rob the bees from. So it's important that you have them ready first of April, and April through May is the uh, first season of bringing in that honey. So if you really want to get some honey, uh, and you start going to these meetings on, on the first Monday of February, will you be able to get started quickly enough to have honey? You can, it's probably unlikely. Uh, it takes about two years to really build up your hives to where you where they're uh, delivering enough honey for you so uh, that's another thing that might be discouraging to some folks you don't normally start out the first year and have enough honey uh, to go ahead and rob them or take honey from the hives so it takes about two years but if but you you know what uh, Bart, you go out there and you work with your bees, it, it's like a whole different world out there with them. And it's so interesting. Those little creatures are so fascinating. And people get really interested in them and how they operate. Uh, you take, uh, there's usually in a typical hive, you're going to have 50,000 bees in it. In a strong hive, you'll have up to 100,000 bees in it. But you got to remember, not at any point of time, only about half of that bees are out foraging, picking up nectar. The other half is in the hive. They're taking their nursery bees, there's house bees, there's guard bees. They all have an assignment, and they know what to do. Here's a text from a listener who's asking, uh, I've always had an interest in having some beehives, but uh, I'm not a big, big exciter of being stung by the bees. Uh, do you get stung a lot? I do not get strong, stung uh, very often. If I don't have my gloves on, sometimes I'll when I'm working with the bees, I'll mash them. They'll sting your finger. But they, they're not really that aggressive. Uh, most of our bees are Italian bees, and, and they, uh, even if they're out in your yard somewhere, they try to avoid humans or any, anyone else. They'll avoid you if it's at all possible. Now, they will protect their hive, but what you do when you go in there, you put a little smoke on them, and that calms them down. And, uh, that, and then uh, it's very unlikely that you're going to get stung. Uh, when I get a sting now, I don't even swell. doesn't hurt or anything. I'm just so used to it. Uh, another question here, and this person's wondering, how much does it cost to get into beekeeping? Well, that's a very good question. It depends on how much you, uh, I think, uh, how much you want to get involved, how big a, a splash, in other words, you want to make. I think for 100 to $150, you can start out uh, very well. Usually, uh, 
if if you show up at the meetings and um, you you need a hive, uh, for example, if I if I find somebody that's really interested, I'll give them the the hive. Uh, all they'll have to do then is get the frames together and the bees, and that probably cost them $150. So, do they make the, uh, the box? What do you call yeah, the box? Yeah, they're, they're hive boxes. Okay. Do they make those themselves? You can make them yourself, especially if you're a good work, work, uh, woodworker. Mm-hmm. I'm not really good at that. <laughs> so uh, I go to Robert Burns, and I tell Robert what I need. He's okay. got a shop out there, and he can knock it out in 10 or 15 minutes. He's that good. Now, how long do these last? I mean, do you have to change boxes? Do they wear out? or what? No, they don't. You just keep them painted. Uh, you don't paint the inside. You paint the outside to keep it from weathering. And uh, usually you'll use good wood to make those uh, high boxes. So uh, it, they, they last forever. Okay. Uh, here's another question. Does it cost any dues to be a member of the beekeepers? We, uh, we charge uh, $10 per year to be a uh, member of the beekeepers. But you don't have to. We don't ask you. We, you know, it's available to you. If you'd like to join, sure, fine. But you can come without being a member. We don't turn anybody away. Now, also, I'm uh, on the board of directors of the Tennessee Beekeepers Association, and I think that's $20 a year. So it's relatively inexpensive to become a member if you want to. But it's not necessary. It's uh, strictly up to you. Now, here's another question. This person is asking about killer bees. Were there really killer bees in the area? No, they are not. We are not aware of any of the the African bees that have that moniker called killer bees. They're really not killer bees. They're very aggressive bees. And uh, like if you uh, upset a beehive, of the Italian bees, they'll follow you for maybe 30 or 40 feet. If you uh, upset a hive of uh, African bees, they'll follow you for a half a mile. So they're more aggressive. But if here's the thing that we do. If we happen to find African bees anywhere in our vicinity, we pull the queen and kill the queen and put an Italian queen in there. Within 30 days, they're all Italian. So they they change yeah. with with their and, neighbors. Yeah, <laughs> the qu- the queen decides what kind of bees are going to be. But to the, here's the problem about the African bees coming in. We're so cold here that they freeze out. They 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 get into trees. They don't they don't get in inside of the tree. But on on the branches of trees, we found them uh, that have gotten this far. It's just too cold for them. They yeah. stay south of here. Now, another question. This one deals with our current weather, uh, and they're asking specifically about what you're talking about. With it getting down to minus four tomorrow night, what is that going to do to bees? Well, it's not going to hurt the bees whatsoever. Uh, the cold weather just doesn't have that much of an effect. I've, ne- I've never heard of any bees around here, and that may have happened a few times, that uh, they would freeze out. But usually, if that happens, they're low on honey and not enough to eat. Here's the thing about a honeybee. They, uh, they can't store sugar in their bodies like humans do. They have to eat every day to maintain their energy in life. So uh, there are two things that I always recommend to beekeepers. Uh, if you have a solid board, on the bottom of your hive, you're fine. You don't need to do anything. If you have a screen bottom board, then you need to put an insert in front of that screen bottom board. You do that before the winter starts. And you, on the front where they come in and light, always have a reducer there, which is, gives them just a small hole to get into. Now that does two things. That helps to keep the hive inside warm and it keeps mice from getting into it in the wintertime. Now, that's surprising, but mice, it's warm inside that hive, and they want to get in there, and they make a mess if they do. 
So those are you don't have to insulate the hive or anything. They uh, they get in that uh, cluster and they move their little wings back and forth, and it keeps them at least uh, 85 to 90 degrees warm in there. If you just tuned in, our guest this morning is Zane Cantrell. He's with the Rutherford County Beekeepers Association. Let's take a phone call. Good morning. You're on with Zane. How are you today? Good morning. Yes. Yeah, I was just wondering, you go to buy some of this honey in these stores, it's got true source honey on it. I didn't know what that means. True source honey. We'll find out. Thank you for asking the question. It's got what? It's true source honey. Says true source honey on it. You know, here's the thing about uh, when you go to a store and you don't know uh, who the beekeeper is, they it's it's just like any other product. They advertise it. They put things on it that really means nothing. Really, it's kind of shallow. But it's it's a way to. advertise their particular product and that's okay advertisement that's that goes on all of the time yeah, but here's the thing that i remind everybody if you're really interested in local honey and you don't know the beekeeper and you don't know uh, don't know much about the honey it's just a shot in the dark i always tell people know your beekeeper because, you, you know, not all honey is the same. I'll, I'll have to be the first to admit that. And, uh, and I'm not bragging or anything, but everybody that's gotten honey from me will tell you it's the best honey they ever tasted. And uh, there are different ways to uh, uh, take the honey from the bees and get it into, the, uh, in, into your jars and you want to make sure it's done right, it's done proper, and, uh, and that's what's important to me. So if you don't know your honey, know your beekeeper, and if Zane says it's so, it's, it's so. so. <laughs> I couldn't pass that by. <laughs> Here's another question here. Uh, a person says, I grew up in the country, and I remember going to my grandmother's house and occasionally would see large swarms of bees in trees just wild uh how does that happen okay uh, usually in april and may bees to divide in your hive and they'll half of them will fly out with a with a either old queen or a new queen and sometimes two or three queens and they'll fly out and they land in a tree and they form a big cluster they're trying to propagate the species that's what it amounts to and so like if you see a, a, a swarm in a tree next to your house a lot of people will call me and say Zane I've got a swarm here I'll go get it get it don't, don't let them perish uh, but you don't want them to get inside your house either so you need to be aware of it in April and May is a big swarm season as soon as you see a swarm in one of your trees Call me or call a beekeeper. We're all listed over on the Lane Ag Center website. Very good. Uh, Another question, this one is from somebody who really believes in eating honey regularly. Uh, They say you're right about that teaspoon a day. It's so important. Uh, One thing that they're curious about, though, is does honey get old? Uh, Because... They like to get a year's yeah. supply. Uh, and that is another good question. I'm glad that you're thinking that way. Honey does not get old. Now, honey, all honey will crystallize, okay? That doesn't hurt it at all. You just warm it up, and it turns right back to honey. But we have found honey that was, uh, that was in the tombs in, in Egypt that's over 1,000 years old. And all they did was warm it up, and it tastes just like it did when it was first uh, taken to the to those tombs. <laughs> Here's a, a totally different approach to the benefits of honey. Uh, we've talked about it being good if you uh, want to avoid hay fever and stuff like that. But they said uh, they were a friend of Myrtle Glanton Lords, and she would take honey every day. 
as a way to you know have energy and what have you. Uh, tell us a little about that. Yeah, you you know here, honey give, does give you a lot of energy. It's got sugar in it. Okay, that's the first thing to admit. But it's a different kind of sugar. It's not like the granulated sugar. This sugar is not all that bad on you. Uh, so it does give you energy, and it and it really makes you feel good as long as you're taking it a teaspoon a day. You can put it in your coffee or in your tea, whatever it is. But it does give you energy and makes you feel a lot better. And I'm I'll maintain. Now I have no proof of this. Okay, I'll maintain. You'll live a happier, healthier, longer life if you take honey. Honey. Okay. One a day. Every teaspoon Te- every day. Teaspoon a day at least. Okay, now we have we're about out of time, but uh, do you have honey that people can get right now? I mean, this is no, not I t- do not. Okay, I, all of my honey it goes. It lasts about a week. When I pull it, uh, I have people in our neighborhood uh, in Murfreesboro that call me and say, "Look." Put my phone number on your list, and as soon as you have some, call me. I'll come and pick it up. So <laughs> that's how that's how popular it is. And so I, I, remember, I'm not I, I'm a hobbyist beekeeper. Right. You right. know, I'm not in this for long gain. I maybe break even each year on it. So if you need some honey, uh, check around. Uh, yeah. Come to the beekeepers meeting in February. That's right. That's and right. Check it out. No meeting in January because it's the first Monday. Yeah. And they will be closed. That's but right. uh, they will be going strong. Right. The first Monday in February. We will. Zane, thank you for sharing your thoughts this morning about beekeeping and uh, Happy New Year to you. Merry Christmas. Thank you. You all have a nice holiday. And folks that are listening, if you're interested in beekeeping, show up in February to our meeting. First Monday, and that's at the Lane Agri Park. At seven o'clock. Zane Cantrell visiting with us this morning. Zane, have a super day. Stay with us, much more to come. We're News Radio WGNS 100.5, 101.9, Online and on your phone at WGNSradio.com. Does being a caregiver for your loved one wear you out? Then Arosa Care is here to help. Arosa has an experienced team of caregivers and licensed care managers who help families make educated decisions regarding the aging process. This is Erin Keo Rankin. Let me help you. Call us at 615-848-6774 or find us at arosacare.com. This is Peter Demas at Demas's Restaurant. Demas has offered gift cards that you can get in any value. You know, those times where someone gives you gifts, you weren't really prepared. It's one of those things that's nice and easy to hand back out, but they're amazing gifts for teachers, for family and friends, and we always offer specials depending on how many gift cards that you get as well. You can go straight down to the restaurant, and our cashiers are happy to help you with any of those gift cards. Demas's Restaurant. 1115 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Hi, this is Amanda at Animal City. I'd like to invite your family to come do business with my family. We are Murfreesboro's locally owned pet store. And come see us at Animal City. Let our 30 plus years of experience help you and your pets live a happier, better life. Here at Animal City, we stock flea and tick prevention for your pet year round. Whether you're feeding a Great Dane, a bearded dragon, or a hedgehog, we have what you need here at Animal City. You can find your local pet store, Animal City, here in Murfreesboro on Broad Street. Hi, this is Tina Fox of the Rutherford Farmers Co-op. Please come shop with us for all your Christmas gift needs. We have wonderful gift ideas in our gift department, and we have a great selection of Carhartt clothing and other fashion clothes. We also, in our pet and bird section, have everything you need for your feathered and furry friends. Come see us at the Rutherford Farmers Co-op. You won't believe what you'll find at the Co-op. 985 Middle Tennessee Boulevard, just off of South Church. The Rutherford Farmers Co-op. Please come see us. A winter weather advisory will go into effect here later this evening, then a wind chill warning late tonight. A few spotty rain showers possible late this afternoon, cloudy high in the low 50s. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. 
Currently, it's 46. We've got your local sports fix. We tease at five. It's all sports talk with Monty Hill Jr. and Tim Tackett here on WGNS. And if you need a sports fix on Christmas Eve, we'll even have that for you. We'll be heading to Hawaii. I think we all are ready to head to Hawaii. We literally are going to Hawaii. Yeah. Oh, okay. Unfortunately, I'm staying home. MTSU's <laughs> going. Oh, oh, I thought. Yeah, no, no, oh, I was, I was going to yeah. tag along with him. Why, you know, whatever. Where, whoever's you got a going. Got we grab <laughs> Gloria and Christy and yeah. Bill Shackman. We can shrink. Okay? That's right. We can. Yeah. Take the ether waves out there. Yeah, 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 yeah. We need that. We're covering a lot of topics today. We've, we've covered uh, very popular about being a beekeeper yeah. and the importance of that. We're going to cover some memories. Mm. And we even have a plumber going to uh, share in just a little bit what you should do when it's minus four degrees tomorrow. Very timely. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I can't believe minus can't four believe. degrees. Bill and Gloria with us, brother and sister. And it was on this day, uh, actually yesterday. Yesterday. Your dad passed away. Was it 24 years? 20? Tw- actually, it's 28 years. 20. Boy. Doesn't, it just doesn't long. believe, you know, my goodness, it seemed like yesterday, you know, that's. Dick Shacklett did so much for the community. <laughs> yes, he did. And so much for our family, so too. I mean, look at all of the memories, uh, and and people are loving the classic photos, uh, which most Mm. of them are dicks. Right. Uh, Well, in his short, now that we're in our 70s, he was 73 when he passed away. That's my age, Bart. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) People do live longer. Yeah, you think so. Well, we got lots to do, right, Bill? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Keep dragging him along here. Well, yeah. Tell us some of the memories you have of, of your dad. I think one, of the, I was trying to think about that this morning. Uh, of course, being the oldest, uh, I probably have the earliest recollections of dad. And I just remember him con- him playing music and and singing me to sleep. And he had just a wonderful voice in addition to all of his other many, many talents. He loved to sing. And I could—I I was thinking the other day just how before Bill was born, we, we were just real pals. You know, I was the first one and just, you know, I, I loved being around him. He was very effervescent and 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 sometimes he had some real down times, but I, you know, most of the time he he rallied and self. He had a way of of getting back, even though he might have had a a moment of because he went through an awful lot during World War Two. And I, with having been one of the photographers that were on the team in Hobson, Mexico. Uh, the, one of the photographers with the team that developed the, that photographed the development of the A bomb. So I don't know what he saw, but he always had a way to poetically get in, 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 in back to self-regulate. I guess it was because he. I was telling Tom, my husband, this morning. Every time he looked at life, he found a way to creatively express that. It it may have taken a while. You know, he had to just somehow or another adjust, and. Um, Either it was his photography, his his writing, some way he had to come back. You know, that's how he brought himself back to earth, and it was always his faith. I mean, I mean, I, so many times, Dad, as a teenager, and Bill could uh, uh, affirm this, that he would just go out in the nature in in Rutherford County and photograph all of these wonderful places, isolated places at the time. And we've still never gotten all of those negatives scanned and, and, and so we can see them. But he's always loved wildflowers and, and, uh, and their beauty. He was always could see beauty in everything. And uh, Tell just, us about the time he got up in the trees. Do you remember to record birds? Oh, Bill, 
you want to talk about that because you were you living at home at the time yeah that, that yeah yeah let's that, tell uh, you well it, he just got very uh, interested in the different sounds of birds always birds fascinated dad not only did he draw them and photograph them but uh i think he had gotten uh he was uh, in the audubon society yeah and had had uh just been fascinated by birds and then he got this idea of recording the different birds that were in our particular area so he was very fascinated by getting microphones up into trees and and then he sent several of those to uh probably sent one to you bart right (laughs) (laughs) he was always he just made you happy he did and he really loved the community yeah you know what's what's interesting about as i was hearing listening to gloria uh you know what what makes special people special is the fact that they enjoy the present but they're able to somehow see beyond the Mm -hmm. present to something in the future and the importance of what they're doing now to future generations and dad always had that concept of whether it was taking pictures or creating art or doing something for someone else in the community he always saw beyond whatever the present moment was, whatever circumstances were, to what could be or might be in the future, and 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 that well, that was real special. Uh, we we always used to call him the the, uh, the uh, our Renaissance man in our yeah, family. Yeah, Renaissance Cause man. Because he, he just enjoyed everything, and he took everything that he was passionate about and made it an obsession. I mean, he just wanted to know everything, whether it was music whether it was art, whether it was photography. Uh, he just went after it with a vengeance to, make, to know everything he could about it. And, uh, and that, that inspired uh, others around him, you know, the people around him. His energy was kind of contagious to other people around him, and yes, not only his children, but the other people in the community. And so it's just, it's, uh, uh, we feel very fortunate. And, it's, and it's, as we remember him, it, it's, uh, it's a good time to reflect upon how important. And this is a good time of year for all of us to reflect upon those people that have made a difference in oh, our lives. absolutely. And he loved, as we said, he loved Murfreesboro so much. I remember one June Dairy Days on the Murfreesboro <laughs> yes. Square. Yeah. Uh, somehow, everybody, they were needing people to enter the dairy milking. Uh, the milking, cow, milking, yeah. milking the cows. Yeah. And, and they, uh, I was up there broadcasting, and they said, well, come on, you enter too, and some others maybe uh, will join in. And so I, I saw Dick had done that, and I thought, well, I'll, if, if he does it, I can, I'll do that too. And, of course, I tried... And hardly anything came out. <laughs> and Dick gets up there and, choop, choop, choop. <laughs> and yeah. I yeah. thought, boy, he's done this before. It's not his first time uh, <laughs> under a cow. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, uh, I still remember though, there's a, I'll tell you a quick story that when my uh, grandfather had an accident, my uncle and dad and I, uh, had to milk the cows because milk uh, cows had to be milked twice a day regardless, and they seven days a week, you know, no, no matter what. So my uncle and dad and I went out to take over the herd. He had my granddad was in his 80s, I guess, mm-hmm. at that point. 89. And when he was milking 32 head of cattle, dairy cattle, every day, twice a day, twice a day. <clears throat> so we went out there to keep take care of the herd, and and so we worked, and were of the three of us worked, uh, you know all month long and i still remember the milk check dad came home and said the milk check came the milk check came. And i thought man i just can't imagine how much money we're gonna make because all three of us working all that time and he said i still remember the number it was 132 dollars oh, <laughs> and dad said i was in college in that time and <laughs> i was in college at that time and dad said man that's the best thing i could have done to inspire you to do good in college because <laughs> you realize i'm not gonna make it as a farmer <laughs> Well, I have a funny story about Dad too. Um, when he, when I was working at Oakland's and working as a teacher, then I decided to. I really wanted to come back to work with my family. Just, mm-hmm. just did. And um, I was talking to Dad about it, and I said, "Well, Daddy, I want to know how much you're going to pay me." And you know what he said? I don't know how much you're going to earn. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> and answer. You know that is exactly Daddy. I mean, you know. Yeah. Now, did he inspire you to love history? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Yes, because he is history. I mean, his whole story, 
his his story. He he represents. He's really he and mother, and I think to a certain extent, our our, our grandparents, our composite characters of an era that is 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 not going to happen again. And yet, those virtues, those values, that that way, that t- tenacity, that's uh, that kind of character that you need to get to navigate life, I think we need again. And that's how you look at history. And you look at those stories and you look at individuals, perhaps in your own family, that you can go, whoa, I want to be just like them. They got through this. I can get through this too. And daddy used to say that to me. He'd say, wow, you've got that Idaho blood in you. And I'm like, what the heck does he mean? You know, but I know that was a a signal that there was something bigger than myself stronger than myself and we have to say this he is was such a man of faith he could not go through creation and live into it like they used to say granny said this sometimes he'd be gone two or three days at a time they didn't know where he was he was out photographing things and you know he'd say he was so close to nature and so close to that it, that influence that it came out in his 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 faith in his belief system, and he did couldn't help but believe that that God was the ultimate creator. It, I mean, right, Bill? I mean, it really was. I mean, he shared that so much with us. Well, I, you know, and I think this true is true of those people that have made a difference in your life is that fact that the sermon that they live in front of you is more profound than the sermon that they preach. That's right. Dad and I would uh, go out. We had a little nine-foot flat-bottom Starcraft <laughs> boat that Dad would tie. We would tie it to the top of our Jeep and go to all branches of the Stones River, we would go, first go out to Beach Grove and, and sane for minnows or crawfish. We, we couldn't go buy our bait. We had to go get our bait. So we would sane for minnows or crawfish. And, and then that was real early in the morning. And then we'd go take that little nine-foot flat-bottom boat and go all over Walter Hill and out to Sulphur Springs. We'd float down Stones River all day long. Did he have a camera with him always? No, we didn't have a camera, but I'm telling you, we had certainly fishing pole. But it was really kind of strange because we'd go to City Cafe or the L&M Cafe or one of those places in here where, where the fish were biting. And it seemed like they were always biting before and after we were there. Because <laughs> we never had those days. People would talk about how great the fishing was at a certain place, and we'd go there, and it wouldn't be that good. So, but we had great times of conversation and Dad yeah. talking to me about life and, and yeah. just processing stuff that's going on in a little teenager's mind or a young boy's mind. And, and we spent a lot of time uh, just talking. And to tell you how what a great relationship with dad was my best man in my mm-hmm. wedding mm-hmm. and you know he was just he taught me so much more than just photography and uh it, it was just a, a remarkable individual and the time that we had together was just precious uh memories of of him sharing his perspective his thoughts on life and and pouring into me stuff that i didn't even realize he was pouring into me at that Absolutely. time I, I wasn't aware that that was what he was doing but just watching dad live and watching him relate to people, watching him love his family, love his God, and love his community uh, just meant so much to us and, and really shaped us. And I think it's, you know, it's a good time to, like I say, to reflect upon that and what those people, those special people meant to us. Dick Shackman really had, uh, he was involved. I can remember many times in the old city hall down here on Broad Street, the place would be packed with an issue. I mean, people were in there to share their opinions, and you would always find Richard Shacklett in there right in the middle of it. Oh, well. Is that yeah? <laughs> and is that is that how you got in, interested? In, <laughs> well, I I don't know. He you never know. was a really very fond of being political. That like, he had a, a viewpoint, but he wasn't political, right, Bill? Well, well he had strong feelings. That's right. He, he had he strong feelings, but was, he based his he based his input on on relationships, people yeah. that he knew and that knew him. And the neat thing about that is I think it hasn't changed. I mean, if we understand and appreciate people, then it's those relationships that really make a difference. Uh, and we learn how to dialogue each other because of our friendship. And it's a respectful kind of a dialogue that does make a difference over a period of time. And that was what Dad did. He would pick up, 
you know, he'd call the mayor or call, you know, councilman oh, wow. or he'd call people, you Anybody. know, because they knew him and he knew them. And, and he would express his concern or heart or uh, interest on something that needed to be done because they knew him and he knew them. And uh, that, that's an important thing to do. And, I, I you know, I, I don't know, I, I guess I kind of fell into it, but, uh, but I, I kind of do that same thing today. It's trying to listen to people and trying to understand what their perspective one time, is. Bill, he said uh, there was uh, somebody I don't know who it was. I can't remember the person. Maybe you do. He's all, he was very honest and forth. I mean, he didn't mince words. But if he wanted to ask you a question, the first, you know, if he thought you were doing something wrong, or if he wanted to question you, to go. I just want to know: Are you a crook? Are you? <laughs> <laughs> Dad, Dad was pretty straightforward. Straight <laughs> he didn't he, mince words. I, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> he wasn't he, he di did, diplomatic no. in those No, no. He would just tell, he you. Just tell you right out what it was. Are you a crook? I mean, he'd come right out. <laughs> Boy, there was only one Dick Shackley. There was only one Dick Shackley. You absolutely right. Now, tonight. for people, and we're, we're out of time, but uh, for people who want to learn more about Dick Shacklett, uh, you can you are exposed to it the minute you walk into shopping <laughs> photography. I have so much fun with kids. I tell kid little kids we have his speed graphic there, and I say, "Oh, do you want to see the world's largest camera?" And then I go through their spiel and tell them, you know, okay, how many pictures do you think this world's largest camera can make? <laughs> and they always say fifty, a hundred. I said, "No, no, no, only one at a time." And can you imagine, we were talking about that, Tom and I, this morning, just what it took to take the images he did one at a time and hope for the best. Because you've been in there, you go to the lab <laughs> and hope for the best. You don't get it. You, you may or may not get it. So. Well, we're, we're very grateful for our father and, and all that he meant to the community, but certainly all that he meant to us as, as a family. He, you know, make a difference because when you really care deeply and you pour yourself into something, you can make a difference. Very That's right. Dad made a difference. Thank you for sharing that, especially that last part. You're welcome. We've Thank been you for asking. learning about Dick Shacklett. The anniversary of his death was yesterday. He meant so much to the community and his kids. Must have. He's we still, still love him a lot. He's still alive <laughs> with you. Hey, thank you very much. Thank, thank you, Bart. Bart. Merry Christmas, everybody Merry in Murfreesboro. Gloria Christie and Bill Shacklett visiting with us. We promised you a plumber when it's minus four degrees, which it will be tomorrow. What do you do? How about, let's go to Hawaii with Chip Walters. I think that's She's local. Certified financial planner, Jason Qualls. Financial Coaching Radio. Weekdays at four on News Radio WGNS. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender, the world is always on but you shouldn't be put junk sleep to bed during mattress firm's dream December sale save up to 60% with Sealy Queen mattresses starting at $279.99 only at mattress firm you're an innovative business, every blinking cursor, every blank page is an opportunity. What will you do with it? Will you make something better or create something new? Our Dell Technologies advisors provide you with tools and expertise to do incredible things because we believe there's an innovator in all of us. For advice on smart PCs powered by Intel vPro that's built for business, call a Dell Technologies advisor at 877-ASK-DELL. The Wake Up Crow, weekday morning, 6 to 7.50. WGNS, your good neighbor station. Rutherford County's place to talk. Boy, four degrees, minus four degrees for tomorrow's low. 
<laughs> that's going to bring some changes. And I understand uh, we've gotten word from the city of Murfreesboro that they are out uh, working on the roads already. They have a new substance that they're putting on that hopefully will not uh, create a negative on the roads because some of the stuff that had been put on in the past I think had some uh, negative effects on the roads, potholes and what have you. This new stuff may, we'll find out I guess, uh, may have a, a, you know, a little gentler feeling on the roads but still do a better job. We will find, hope we don't need it. I mean, that would be nice to, and we've seen that happen. It's passed us by and we didn't get it, but it was in the forecast. Well, maybe that'll happen again tomorrow. But uh, I understand that uh, there are going to be some closures on uh, different areas that have been impacted by the storm. And most everybody, if if it's going to get down to minus 4 degrees tomorrow night, uh, will all be impacted by the storm. Uh, We do have a plumber standing by, and I understand he's going to be on uh, Brian's show at 10 o'clock, the 10 o'clock hour this morning. Some things you can do to avoid being a victim of this super cold weather. Uh, So we'll be finding all about that. Uh, Terry Bauer is going to be the one. And you remember Terry was on the radio. He had a talk show here a few years back. And he has gotten into the plumbing business and jumped in with both feet. And he has some tips for you on how to reduce your risk. Uh, Big thing is, and he says it really is true, let that water drip. And that'll help you from having frozen pipes and what have you. But we're going to hear the rest of the story uh, during Brian's show instead of this show. Uh, And that'll be uh, in the 10 o'clock hour this morning. So uh, that we're giving you a heads up on that so you can come back and listen to it. And also that will be in a podcast format so you can listen to it again and again and again. But uh, those things, uh, if you are out driving around, be aware that uh, roads could get sort of rough tomorrow. We'll find out about that again. Hopefully the uh, weather will pass us by without leaving anything. And one of the things that you need to be aware of is sleds. Somebody called me the other day uh, and they said, uh, do they still have sleds at Holden Hardware? Raleigh says as long as they're there in the window, he will show some in the window for you. Uh, Just feel free to come on by and get your sled at Holden Hardware on the Murfreesboro Square. Uh, That's on the uh, west side, yeah, west side of the Murfreesboro Square. Next time we talk, we will be in the Polar Express uh, zone. uh, And it's going to feel totally different. It really will. Uh, But there is a chance, and I think we haven't had one of these uh, since the 50s, and that's a white Christmas here in Middle Tennessee. Yeah, just like just like the ones we had before. <laughs> That's be a good song. Till then, hey, have a good day. Bundle up, stay warm, and we will see you on the other side. Hey, uh, tune in Christmas Eve. I'm serious, we are really going to broadcast live from Hawaii. MTSU is there football. Chip Walters is going to take us there and he's going to rub it in, I'm sure, of how warm it is. (laughs) While we're enjoying minus four, the chipper's going to be enjoying probably 84. Merry Christmas to you. Have a good one. News Radio WGNS 100.5, 101.9, 1450. Online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. Christmas is one of the most wonderful times of the year. This is Jenny at Ryan Flowers Coffee and Gifts. We have a lot to offer from Christmas trees to ornaments for your trees, gift baskets, flower arrangements, coffee packages, and more. Make Ryan Flowers Coffee and Gifts your Christmas.